Are you sitting comfortably? Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Rare celebrity interviews. Indie music. Madpod.com. Your global audio internet connection. Coming up on MadPod.com. Coming to MadPod February 1st. An interview with Art Garfunkel. And Shadow asked him how he chose the current lineup on his new CD. So many favorites, it's hard not to do. I'll be loving you always. There's one that never made it. There's tons. You know, some albums are all about me being in the controlling seat. Other times I become an actor who's going to be as flexible as I can in the hands of the director, the producer. And so this is the latter. I just tried to fulfill Richard's vision. I know he narrowed things down to only songs embracing love. Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Originally from Forest Hills, New York, and joining us live coast to coast from Scottsdale, Arizona, legendary singer, songwriter, poet, author, and actor Art Garfunkel rejoins us. Welcome, Art. A pleasure speaking with you once again, my friend. Thank you, Shadow. Thanks very much. Nice to talk to you. Firstly, your latest musical project, Some Enchanted Evening, is your first new solo album since 2002, interpreting 13 classics of the great American pop songbook. What inspired the compilation art? Childhood favorites? Well, I had a great feeling that I can do this kind of thing very well. Years ago, I made an album called Breakaway, and it was produced by Richard Perry, and Richard became my good friend, and in that album we did I Only Have Eyes For You. This is an old standard, and we set it to the groove of the modern rock and roll age with an electric bass instead of a stand-up bass, and an electric piano, the Fender Rhodes, instead of the old acoustic piano, and all this lovely rock slow-dancing groove style married very well to I Only Have Eyes For You, and that became, in both our minds, Richard and mine, uh, a a kind of a kernel of an idea. We knew we would get back to doing many more of these. And in the early 90s, we began to start recording, and now we have, in the last year, made a full album of these. And produced by longtime collaborator Richard Perry, the collection includes Gershwin's Someone to Watch Over Me, Irving Berlin's What'll I Do, Arlen and Kohler's Let's Fall in Love, as well as Antonio Carla Jobim and Rodgers and Hammerstein. It's stylings much in the tradition of the legendary breakaway sessions which you mentioned earlier, Art. It must have really waxed nostalgia recreating these incredible sessions. It brings back the pleasure of working with Richard. Richard Perry is, in my mind, a frustrated singer, and when he mixes my voice and I see him in the control room dealing with me, he has his empathy is extreme. He is in my throat warbling with, <laughs> with me as he's putting the vocal into the record. He knows when it wants to crescendo and... He's following every nuance and breath that I take, and that becomes a really good collaborator. As a follow-up, Art, what do you see as the role of a producer? Well, the standard role is artist and repertoire man. He, he often picks a material, and in this case, Richard picked three-quarters of the tunes. He, he sets the structure of the song. Will we repeat the middle eight? Will it have a fade? He determines how the song will be recorded, fast, slow. Um, what rhythm shall we use? Is it a foxtrot? Is it a, uh, is it a Latin? Is it a bossa? Uh, he gets the musicians. He's got the great Rolodex with all the great players. Um, and he gets the performance out of the singer. And here's where he's, he becomes 
astute at being a good pal who builds the confidence and puts a platform under the artistry of the singer. When I'm on mic and Richard is in the control room, I have a great feeling since I've produced so many albums myself, and when I produce them, I sing and make all the judgment calls. This time with Richard in behind the glass, I just sing, and I get lost into the, the pleasure of singing, because I trust him implicitly that I'm not going to hit a great line, and he's going to miss it. I have no fears that anything that's worth something is going to be missed, so I just turn off my judging mind. Art Garfunkel on tour, appearing at the Ferguson Center for the Arts, Newport News, Virginia, the Paramount Theater in Charlottesville, in Schenectady at Proctor's Theater, in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the Forest Hills Fine Arts Center, and at the River Center Theater for the Performing Arts in Columbus, Georgia. Art, how did you ever narrow down the roster of favorites for this collection? Well, I started with about 160 to make this Some Enchanted Evening album. I have so many favorites, it's hard not to do. I'll be loving you always. There's one that never made it. There's tons. You know, some albums are all about me being in the controlling seat. Other times I become an actor who's going to be as flexible as I can in the hands of the director, the producer. And so this is the latter. I just tried to fulfill Richard's vision. I know he narrowed things down to only songs embracing love. And the rest is a mixture of very well-known theater pieces, um, well-known to people my generation, Some Enchanted Evening, a mixture of uh, swing-time things. Uh, they're more inside jazz-inflected old uh, standards. It could happen to you. And, and then we did... Um, we did just well-known standards, things that people know. Uh, Let's fall in love. Gee, I got a long way to go for my voice for my show tonight. So it's his uh, collaboration, sort of inside standards, and then some more well-known ones. Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Okay, thank you, Shadow Steel and Art Garfunkel. Hey, if this is your first time listening to Mad Pod, check out our other interviews. Just go to madpod.com, check out... Uh, the interviews we have there, you can go in the search and do a search. And also, if you want your own domain name, you can put in the uh, MadPod code and get a discount at GoDaddy.com and get your uh, domain name as, as low as six ninety five. So check that out, MadPod.com. All right, now back to the interview, Shadow Steel with Art Garden. Don't get mad, get media. Live coast to coast in Scottsdale, Arizona, with legendary singer, songwriter, poet, author, and actor Art Garfunkel rejoins us. Now, Art, let's look back. Your solo debut single, All I Know, taken from the Columbia LP Angel Claire, peaked at number one for four straight weeks, adult contemporary, number nine on the Billboard Top 40, September 15, 1973, followed by I Shall Sing, released December 29th, reaching number 38 pop, a Van Morrison tune. Did Roy Haley produce most of your solo sessions early on? Roy and I did them. When Simon and Garfunkel split in 1970, the, the album you're referring to is my first solo album, Angel Claire. And I, fell in, I started um, having my own way as the producer of my record. So uh, Roy was continued to be engineer-slash-co-producer, and I was, uh, I was the producer. Second Avenue, billed as by... Wasn't that an incredible record? That's Roy's uh, contribution. Roy wanted me to do that song. Build as by Simply Garfunkel was issued September 24th, 1974, charting at number 34 with an eight-week run. What a well-written story song. 
Now, we talked about this last time, Art. Since our stars took different paths, I guess I won't be shaving in your looking glass. And the coup de grace, like the frost on my window pane where I wrote, I am you. What an incredible record. Should have been a number one, Art. Thank you. I know it has its fans. I hear a lot of uh, good feedback on that one. Now, you hold a master's degree from Columbia University in mathematics, and I graduated from Duke with a master's in aerospace engineering. You're here for both of us. Good for us. Absolutely. Were you thinking of entering the teaching profession with that type of curriculum art? In one word, yes. Uh, you can't count on having hit records, and I was singing as a, as a love. Uh, so this is all before fame changed my life. When you're a kid from the New York area and you have my kind of parents in my neighborhood, you don't plan on a rock and roll life. So you need some basic profession to earn a buck. And I, and I knew I was good at teaching. I had tutored all my life to make the money to go through college. Art, between 1970 and 1973, you acted, appearing in two Mike Nichols films, Catch-22 and Carnal Knowledge, and Bad Timing back in 1980. Those were some legendary cinema art. Was acting a fulfilling experience for a musician? Yeah, I'm, it depends on the musician. For me, it was great. I got into it because Mike Nichols gave me the confidence to feel that I've cast, you appro- I've cast Artie appropriately in these parts, so all he has to do is tap a certain side of himself, me, and it will be that character. And when I read the script, I kind of knew what he meant. And the fear I would normally have had of taking such a leap into another art form, surrounded by all these well-trained actors, uh, which is how I entered my first film, Catch-22, terribly nervous that I cheated my way into the big screen from the music business, and I'm surrounded by Alan Arkin and John Voight and all these great, real serious actors. Well, the casting was appropriate, and it was easy. And I simply used many of the skills I knew from the recording studio. Little things count a lot. Nuances mean everything on the microphone. Work for moments of truth. Make sure you understand what it is the lines are about so that you can connect with what you're saying. These carry over from microphone to camera. Funny you should mention the classic, I Only Have Eyes for You. Originally a number two hit for Ben Selvin from the movie musical Dames, starring Joan Blondell back in 1934, oh, interesting. and redone in 59, as you well know, by the Flamingos, That's right. received an incredible treatment, complete with that flanged guitar intro, taken from your LP Breakaway, peaking at number one UK, number one AC, number 18 Pop, August 23rd, 1975, with an unbelievable 18-week chart run. Art, was this another song that you covered, a special one you had in mind for a while? Not really. It was Richard's suggestion. I was in London. I recorded it with Richard Perry uh, one morning in the studio. I remember walking to work in a particularly good mood because I like London. And uh, on mic, in a very early take, maybe the third, fourth take, there was the full vocal and complete uh, form. So that's one of the easiest recordings I've made. It's... Uh, they do well when they're easy. So, no, that's Richard's uh, suggestion. Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod. Live coast to coast from Scottsdale, Arizona, with legendary singer, songwriter, poet, author, and actor, Art Garfunkel rejoins how are you, us. How are you distinguishing poet and author, Shadow? Um, 
That's a good question. I thought. Never stump the host, Art. That's the first rule of thumb here. What is the difference, Art? And don't say $30,000 a year. Well, no, I didn't write this blurb. I'm very (laughs) proud to be a bit of a renaissance man, and I have achieved things in various areas. I did write a book of poetry. But author implies he wrote some fiction or nonfiction serious book. No, and that's not the case. Point well taken. Now, on October 18, 1975, the huge Simon and Garfunkel reunion single, My Little Town, also from Breakaway, reached number nine for a 14-week pop chart run. Art, are most of your songs written from real-life experiences? My Little Town was written by Paul Simon, very much about uh, my childhood. This is one that Paul wrote for me five years after we had split up. And he's told me since, I wanted to give you some bite in your style. I knew and the world knows that you're very good at singing pretty things. But Paul knew me better than that. He knew sources of anger and frustration within me and he wanted to show that there's more to Art Garfunkel than a sweet sound. And he wrote a song about the frustration of coming from a conventional middle-class neighborhood when you feel you've got more beans than the rest of the kids and that you're held back by the lack of inspiration in your neighborhood and that's what My Little Town is about. Now, the title track from Breakaway was the third and final single from the Columbia album, which peaked at number one AC, number 39 pop, December 27, 1975. Art, you're the proud father of two boys by wife Kim, James back in 1990, and Bo, the latest addition to the Garfunkel clan. You're assured to carry on the family name. Does James have any idea on what he would like to do in the future? He's 16, and I would like to think it's too early for him to know, but I'm wrong. He seems to know exactly what he's going to do. He's extremely musical, my boy. I brought James onto the stage with me, and sometimes Kim, my wife, would would join on some backgrounds and and duet Cecilia with me. And James started getting stage experience and comfort when he was two. We would bring him down to the sound check because we didn't want to leave him in the hotel room, so he'd be on stage. And at the sound check, we'd bring him over to the mic at one point just for the fun of making a sound. And he has really grown up with that uh, accessibility to this, the microphone of, of the stage and the audience's interest. He's now smitten by the fun of recording. He sings beautifully. He's got a real... He's better than I am. He's more versatile. He does more theatrical things with his voice and... He's the real thing. James is a comer. He's working on an album right now. He writes his own stuff. Now, on January 21st, 1978, What a Wonderful World, from the album Watermark, reached number one adult contemporary for another five-week run, number 17 pop, with colleagues Paul Simon and James Taylor. Art, this was one of the biggest adult contemporary hits of the 1970s. How did this trio idea come together? It was a perfect blend. Let's see if I remember... Um, I'm not sure. In 78, we all talked about it. James was our friend. I can't remember exactly what what was the impetus that led to that particular song. I can only remember when we met up to start running it down and work out the arrangements. It was great fun because they're so darn good, both these guys. And uh, we worked out a three-part thing. Each one had the lead in each of the verses and the backgrounds in the other two. But I can't remember where the song, whose idea was it to do that tune? Perhaps it was a record label exec at Columbia Records because all of you folks were on the same imprint. Right. But we usually didn't follow the suit and tie men's direction very well. We love to be difficult in that sense. 
So, uh, I don't know. Maybe as we ran down some tunes, we felt that would be a good one. Now, 1979's Fate for Breakfast yielded the Skyliner's 1959 hit, Since I Don't Have You, which peaked at number 53 June 9th, followed by A Heart in New York, reaching number 66 on the Billboard Hot 100, August 8th, 1981, taken from Scissors Cut. Mm. Art, more than 100,000 were in attendance to see you perform June 24th, 2000, at the Boise River Festival in Boise, Idaho. The largest show in the festival's history. Art, it's got to feel unbelievable to attract those kind of numbers. Oh, yeah, come on. My My whole life is a very charmed and very lucky life. I have no right to be so fortunate between the hit records and the lasting power. And my beautiful wife and my great two kids, you're talking to one of the luckiest people in North America. Life is good, Art. Yeah, for me, it's been a good run. Now, your most inclusive website is artgarfunkel.com. Any other news for us, art, musical, or otherwise? Well, people like to track the fact that I'm a long-distance walker. I have walked the entire United States in installments, living my life and then taking a break and picking up where I left off. So 40 different treks took me across the United States from the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s. Now I'm walking Europe. I started in the late-'90s in Western Ireland, and crossed uh, onto the continent by ferry, of course. Came down through all of France, over the Alps, into Italy, and now I'm almost down to Naples in my walk. I'll pick up probably uh, in February. So uh, people are interested in that. I love to walk. Uh, What else is going on? Is New York still your home, Art? Yeah. Uh, It's because my wife loves the excitement of New York. I continue to be a New Yorker. I've somewhat outgrown the need to be in all of that rush I could go for more trees, uh, although I live near Central Park, and that makes it nice. But I have, um, I've had my years of concrete and traffic, and uh, I stay in New York because my family loves it, and it seems to work. See, I'm the same way, Art. After 21 years of working in Manhattan, and the nearest parking spot for me was in New Jersey, I could do a little more trees now and then. That's right. We forget, we New Yorkers, life gets easier all as soon as you leave New York. Everything's a little easier. Art, with all that walking, don't you suffer from shin splints? No, I... No, it, it all works out good. Nothing really hurts. I wear my New Balance sneakers, and uh, I just truck along. And let's go out on a limb by saying some enchanted evening, well on its way to becoming a soon-to-be classic. Thank you, Shadow. Thanks very much. My thanks to Rich Mahan, Director of National Promotions at Rhino Records in Los Angeles, for his detail-oriented assistance in arranging this segment. Live coast-to-coast from Scottsdale, Arizona, legendary singer, songwriter, poet, and actor Art Garfunkel. Art, as always, many thanks, my friend. And you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Shadow. Don't get mad. Get media. Mad Pod.